0: podcast is part of the batman universe podcast network hosted by the here we love talking about everything batman Thebatmanuniverse.net has news original content and reviews about batman comics movies tv shows video games and more check out the and join our discord server to start chatting with fellow fans we can't wait to talk to you guys Also, visit our Patreon page and join our other awesome supporters. But enough of this nonsense, on with the show.
1: Welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and today we have a special episode. Joining me is Lou Tambone. Lou is a writer, editor, and musician who has performed across New Jersey and New York City area. Along with writing his own music, he's written about fan-favorite franchises like Star Wars, Blade Runner, Battlestar Galactica, Planet of the Apes, and much more. But today, we're going to focus on The Joker, specifically a book that Lou, along with co-editor Rich Hanley, put together it's called the man who laughs exploring the clown prince of crime it's out now from crazy 8 press and you can find it on amazon or the crazy 8 press website both links will be below the book collects 20 essays that talk about the joker's history evolution as a character and a lot more thanks for joining me thank you for having me scott this is great yeah i i have a review up that'll also be linked below for people who want to read it so it's been out for a little bit now. You know, I loved it. I can say that on the on the air now since the reviews out, but first question I had about this, how did the idea for this book originate?
0: Uh that that came out of out of my head actually. I had a few ideas. No, I let me just take a step back. Rich and I have done, you know, a few books together and we we always try to have something on the fire burning, you know? So um, we found ourselves in a little bit of a, a, a law. We had already put some books out, and it was like, okay, now what do we do? And uh, I came up with some ideas. He came up with some ideas, and I started throwing things around. And I said, well, what are you? what's floating your boat here? And we just kept coming back to the Joker. I, I just always had an affinity for the character since I was young. And the first time I remember seeing him was not really – um in comics but more like on tv you know like uh reruns and stuff and then the toys and migo stuff and all that so that was um ever since then you know i just kind of always had this thing in the back of my mind It wasn't like i was chasing collecting everything and chasing them down for years but i was always back there and i thought you know this is such a a juicy villain like i think we should do this and rich just kept going yeah i don't know maybe and then we just kept over and over again. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is it. We got to do this. This is, this is the one. So uh, we, we just put it together. It was that simple. We just needed a a book to do. And and this seemed like the right thing to do at the time just to, you know, satisfy my, uh, urges, I guess. Yeah. Your your
1: Joker itch. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Right. Is there any particular aspect of the character or, you know, that you were that kept bubbling back up to the surface? Uh, yeah, I like the,
0: the goofiness of them. I, I know that the Joker morphed into uh more of a really you know hardcore villain later, but when I was young, it, it was all about jokes and being silly and gags and um almost slapsticky vaudeville type of stuff, even in I guess in the comics too. Um, but uh, you know, I had always had the um the toys and stuff like I just remember having that Joker mobile in the 70s, that little. <laughs> End with the top and he put the stickers all over like that, that thing just I used to play with that thing like every day and then you know when I catch it on TV it just I don't know if the, if there's any one thing about him but yeah it became different and better over the years but I, I, I like that original like the goofy Joker like just a f- funny sort of you know villain who would come out and try to rob a bank but like you know everything would go wrong
1: it's interesting too because I feel like the essays, they're kind of, you know, each person who, you know, wrote for this book, they brought forth their own ideas and feelings about the character, and they focus on different aspects, which is why, you know, one of the main reasons I gave it such a good review. Thank you, by the it's, way. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, you get a lot of different interpretations and feelings. And it, as I was, you know, as a reader, you know, what I took away from was, you know how complex and and what things people pick from the character and take with them or what what their dislikes or you know loves are or you know however but circling back to what you just mentioned a lot of the essays i noticed really did have a love for let's say i don't know if the word classics appropriate but that style of joker you know 60s 70s <clears throat> you know and and into the early 80s too right yeah how did the- you oh go ahead
0: well, I was going to say, just just like you reading it um, as someone for the first time reading the finished product. I mean, we caught on to that theme as we were creating it as well. We, we didn't set out to write the book and say or to edit the book and say, OK, folks, here's the angle. Um, we're going to talk about this perspective and we're going to show this thing. We, we didn't have any of that. We just said, all right, you guys do whatever you want. Let's see what happens. And more and more essays came in that were sort of like that. Giving their own perspective on, you know, I think this type of Joker it was not cool, or I I really like this kind of Joker, and when then this thing happened, uh, you know, all of a sudden everything went haywire, hey, and now it's different whole thing, and I don't like it, you know, like that, that that we thought that as as the book was progressing, we were getting these essays, that was we like what you just said, the most interesting part of the book is that you know. The people, their opinions on it, and and I'm not talking just anybody's opinions. People's opinions who have written the character, people's opinions who who have worked with the character in different, you know, legit comic books and stuff.
1: That's a great launching point for my next question, which was, you know, there are definitely some recognizable names in here that you know, for our listeners who look up the book and just go through who's written, you know, the essays, you know, a lot of them will stand out to them. How did you go about choosing the essayist? Uh, well, we
0: were lucky enough to have worked with some of these folks before, and these are all solid people, great, great folks. Um, so you've got, you know, your Paul Kupperberg's and your Bob Greenberg's, you know, folks who have have, have done all this stuff before. Um, let me just take a peek through here. We've got, yeah, we got Bob Ros- Bob Rosakis and and Steve Engelhart are like the bookends. So we've got Bob in the in the front, and we've we've got Steve at the end. We were able to. Um, get them to help us out with the book as well because of Paul and, and Bob and, and everybody Like to, you know, we would kind of pick their brains and say, Hey, you know, we, we want to get somebody to do like a forward. I mean, who, who oh yeah. Call Bob, you know, and they make it sound like somebody, ah, just call Bob. Like, okay. Like <laughs> how do I, call Bob? you know, like, so they, you know, they put us in all in touch and we, um, and, we and, and you know what, everybody was so cool. Like even uh, Steve Engelhardt, I didn't think Steve would, would go for it and uh you know i never met him I, I didn't know him i didn't know bob either uh and both those guys were just so cool they were like oh you know uh green burgers involved oh sure let's do it you know i'm like, okay you know so we we really lucked out with all that and we've got a lot of other folks in here who some some people may not know some of these names but but you should you know these these are good people um joe baronado's worked with us on pretty much every the first the first thing i ever wrote uh was actually a book where he was editing with rich from about planet of the apes um so you know i owe joe a a, a ton of gratitude as well um and there's just so many good people i mean as you mentioned in your excellent five-star review which i thank you for by the way thank you very much um you know john trumbull did a, a great piece on the on the animated joker voice um I mean, I don't want to list everybody's here. You got to get the book and 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 read it. But uh, Joe, yeah, Joe Duffy in there, you know, and I mean, talk about experience, you know, out the wazoo there. And Jim Beard, our our friend Jim Beard, who you we know, we work with all the time. And but I play everybody else. I don't want to leave, I don't want to start naming names and leave everybody out. Then I'll feel horrible. But uh, yeah, it's um, I hope I answered your question. We 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 just put it out to the folks and said, hey hey guys, what do you want to do? You want to be involved in this? Let us know what you want to do. And that's, people came back. Some people, you know, say, oh, I don't have time or whatever, but everybody we've got in this book is, is somebody we handpicked, you know, and we asked to to be there. And um, I think they did stellar jobs. Like, really? They yeah, brought well, their A-games all the way, you know?
1: Yeah, they certainly give people a lot to think about. You know, you mentioned a second ago Jim Beard, and yeah. he had a whole chapter on Cesar Romero and kind of this idea of, you know this Latin lover boy I think was the the phrase he used mm-hmm. but Joker having a unique relationship with all of his malls and and kind of the mm-hmm. conceit that the show in the 60s brought that idea to the Batman Universe and it kind of transferred over into the comics and it's something we see time and again you know obviously the famous Joker relationship is with Harley Quinn and that ended and they have a newer character called punchline they brought in but this pervasive idea of the joker having a mall and you know i wanted to ask you you know is that when you think of the joker is that something that is a mainstay that should always be there do you have feelings about this one way or the other or
0: i don't i don't have particularly strong feelings about it it's like it was almost like they wanted to make him the anti James Bond, right? It's like yeah, you have the Bond girl, <laughs> and you got the joke girl, right? It's like, uh, but I see, and and that's the the genius of bringing somebody like Jim Jim into the project is is you get the, this great angle that you weren't thinking about. Like and he's like, oh, I'm gonna write about all the girls. I'm like, oh, great. You know? so, and you read this thing, and it's all full of it's, it's it's serious, but it's full of laughs, and it's it's very lighthearted. And uh, not, when I say serious, I mean it's it's you know, facts and legit. It's, it's all researched, you know, and it, it just, I got so many chuckles every time he writes something, I got a good chuckle out of it. He's, Jim's a great guy, but I don't have any strong feelings about it. Should there always be? Nah, it doesn't have to be. I don't think the Joker's that kind of character. Like, I don't think he needs somebody, uh, all the well, time. Yeah, yeah. Themself, love themselves more than anybody else, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? Well, and also depending on the interpretation, too, I think it lends itself better than uh, to some interpretations rather than others. So, but yeah, sure. um, <clears throat> one of the other things I wanted to ask about was, you know, an interesting point that Brian and Cronin brought up, detailing you know Joker's absence and reappearance you know, prior to the Joker's five-way revenge in 1973. Mm-hmm. And as he rightfully mentioned, it's not really something we've seen since, you know, unless it's some kind of editorial planned absence, you know, for a leading up to a big plot or, you know, some kind of a, a Joker event, I guess we could say, but <clears throat> is that, do you feel like that's just reflective of the cultural resonance of the character where we just constantly have to have him? Or do you feel the character benefits from him having breaks every now and then? The, the
0: character would benefit from breaks. <laughs> it's the, kind, of, kind of similar to the animated series. You know, every, every one of them didn't have the Joker. and It was like every, I don't know, four or five. I don't, I don't know exactly, but you know, you need, you need to breathe a little bit. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I don't know that it's, you know, oh, the cultural impact of the Joker is why we put him in all the comics. Now, I think maybe somebody along the line realized that this guy sells books, you know, and and we got to put him in everything. you, know, you gonna have Batman, gotta have the Joker, you know. It's like, all right, well, you don't have to, but you know. And I think many of the essays in the in this book do do reflect that opinion uh, as well.
1: Definitely, and 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 characterizations too, like how it's the characters kind of. It's at least from reading the book at the vibe I get is, you know, the character's definitely grown darker, but a lot of, you know, and, and this is not really any kind of like mind blowing revelation, but a lot of it kind of circles back to the killing joke, which, you know, is most bat fans know about, they've read it, you know, they have feelings one way or the other, but, you know, to that point, the essay that I really gravitated towards, and I was wondering if you had what thoughts you had on it. I didn't want to, I don't want to lead the conversation on it, but Joe Duffy's essay, Joker Stop Punching Down.
0: Yeah. And and again, the, the genius of having somebody like that involved in your project shows, right? It's like you, you wouldn't, well, I don't know about anybody else. I wouldn't think to assign that essay to somebody. Like I, I wouldn't, I would not have come up with that idea and said, okay, here, go write this. Like, but Joe comes in and goes, here's what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's like this, this, you know, wonderful a wonderful thing. Like I it just, I don't know. Well, uh, I I don't think I'm answering your question. What was the, what was
1: the actual well, question? I was just wondering, you know, how Joe Duffy kind of relates to the character, and and how that character is kind of a morphed into a, more of a, a a serial killer. You know that that yeah it, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah, and I and I do I I, I
0: sympathized with what she was saying. I, first of all, I just like how she opened it with the Lego quotes. Like I'm thinking, like that was great. And then she kind of goes into a, a whole different thing. But yeah, and and then she kind of you know. I'm, she's friends with everybody, of course, but she kind of like took took some side shots at maybe Frank Miller and stuff, like kind of on the side and go, guys, you know, what are you doing? You know, not shots like in a bad way, but like friendly nudges, you know, like ah, come on, you know, like uh, we're buddies. What are you gonna do this for? You know, and I, and I, I thought that was a, a, an honesty, you know, like it's it's uh, it's not like it's this cabal of writers who just all you know adore every. Word that's written that that they write right like mm-hmm. else writes oh you wrote this oh it's beautiful I love it you you can take something that some a colleague has written and you could say yeah, come on man this isn't in the direction I want to go and, and 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 then you know talk about it and, and still be friends I I think that's I think that's great yeah
1: well, and I I like it too because I also feels like it it kind of in a way you know maybe implicitly. Cries for different interpretations or to bring back different, you know, ideas of who the Joker is, you know, maybe we could possibly see a day where we move away from the, you know, really dark serial killer aspect and something that's a little more fun or a little more, you know, less about the um, <laughs> mm. mass ex- uh, city destructive plots and mass extermination, you know, events and more about, you know, just weird robberies or vaudevillian exercises. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all about that. I I think
0: that would be great, sort of a, you know, going back to the roots type of thing. Because I do like the newer st- stuff that I see out, like the films. Like I I like the Joker film. You know, I don't feel like it's very much tied to the comics or the lore or whatever. But I did think the film was was. Was it was dark? It was violent, but I, I something about it I, I liked. I don't know what it was. It was kind of like over here, you know. Like it was taking place like over, over there somewhere. Like and you, and you're like, okay, well that's, as long as you can understand that and know to, you know, put it into your brain that it's not really meant to tie into like the other movies and stuff. And yeah, you can enjoy it. And they have another one coming out. And I'm I'm curious to see that. And I you know, that was a bit of the problem I had, I guess, with Heath Heath Ledger's Joker as well, is that he just wasn't that funny. I didn't think. <laughs> like he was he was very good in the role, and I love the movie. I, I like all the movies, you know. I, I don't really have problem with with the films, even the goofy ones. I'm like, all right, well, they're goofy, you know. I mean, they, uh, you know, Batman and Robin or whatever. It's like, all right, whatever. You know, they're just goof goofball movies. Schwarzenegger, really. Um, but uh, you know, he, Ledger's was those. The Nolan films are, are serious, more dark and serious, I think, and 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 I do like them. But I, I just felt like I needed some more jokes. You know, like I needed, I don't know if I needed slapstick, but I needed, like Nicholson to me had it. Like he had, he could still be pretty mean when he wanted to, but he was still very funny.
1: I like, knew those one-liners and just ripping them out. Like, oh my God, just I, I love it. I love it. See, I'm biased because that's my first introduction to the Joker. So, you know, I mean, granted, I love the Mark Hamill one and that's, you know, I read in yeah. that voice too, but the Nicholson one, like that's, you know to me that that is the joker and you wouldn't think
0: that like thinking about jack nicholson right you like like beforehand you'd be like jack nicholson but people thought that about michael keaton yeah it's like michael keaton's batman what the heck is that about and then you see it and you uh okay that that works i like that you know the old like because and you could almost flip it too like i could almost see michael keaton having played the Joker after seeing him do like Beetlejuice or something like he Beetlejuice is to me, very Joker, like, you know, he's just kind of whips and, you know, saying silly things and causing damage in his own little way. Right. I mean, I don't know. Definitely. I, yeah. Right. I, 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 yeah. I, think about that sometimes I say, you know, he could have played either character. It would have been great.
1: One of the themes mentioning the Joaquin Joker movie for a second, there's a couple essays that touch on, this idea of empathy for the Joker and you know there's one empathy for Emperor Joker that you know kind of talks about this long road from point A to point B of where we're now offering empathy to this character and then you have one that directly talks about the newer Joker film the whatever the Joker wants the Joker uh, goats or gets uh, it's a last name for listeners um, of a very real subway sequence that was I guess the word I would use would be modeled for the Joker film or referenced would be another way to phrase it. How do you personally feel about sympathetic or more empathetic portrayals of the Joker?
0: Well, the the, 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 the Joker film, the Todd Phillips movie, I mean, it definitely, uh, it, it went that route. I think it tried to show that where he came from, unless you understand him a little better. It's I don't know if it was directly about empathy, but it was more like, Look at the hard life this guy had, you know, and and he's got this uncontrollable disease, and he's sort of on the on the bus, you know, trying to make a kid laugh, and he's getting screamed at by the mother, you know, like it seems he's always he's always being put down and put, you know, so he of course he's gonna snap. It's it it was Taxi Driver, like basically. Yeah uh in, in joker land DC land, right? I guess. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Should we feel bad for this guy? I don't know. I, I don't I don't think so. I have a hard time feeling bad for people who are aware of their actions. Now if the, if the Joker is legit crazy. Maybe he doesn't know what he's doing, you know, but, but it also touched, that movie also touched upon the failings of the, uh, the governmental systems, you know, to care for people or, or to help people who have conditions and, and problems, um, you know, the f- fundings are cut and and the hospitals are dirty and nasty. And how is anybody supposed to be rehabilitated in, in such conditions? Right. That's I I feel like there were a lot of deep messages in that movie. Right. Uh, so I so it is easier to to feel bad for this guy in the in the film, in the comics I don't know Yeah. You know I think comics are comics yeah you know, good guy bad guy kind of thing and I know that's getting muddy in the later yeah. years yeah
1: well I so. think it's hard too because even though it's very hard to do and the comics keep changing or they keep restarting and rebooting or whatever there's always a a canon that a lot of fans uphold to whereas movies you can kind of do whatever you want and. Mm-hmm. those ideas those characters kind of can be translated however they need to be
0: right because it's different meaning meaning yeah. so you can say well that was the comics over here we're gonna do something but but like i, th- I think they're doing that in comics as well like just saying well just forget this you know we're gonna do this one over here and maybe that anger some people maybe maybe it does maybe it doesn't maybe it's something people just have to get used to because it's you know, comics have had a, a long trajectory as well as far as, you know, morphing and changing, right? I mean, started back in whatever, early uh, 1900s, right? Of course, you, you know, you, you had maybe some running stories, but then, you know, things got to change and new new things happen. And the Marvel Universe is huge. The DC Universe is huge. I mean, like you got the, uh, Elseworlds and you got the multiverses and you got all this stuff all over the place now. You can't just have one single continuity, which is what I kind of, and I'm going on a tangent here, I'm sorry, but it is kind of what I liked. I know a lot of people put the DC movies down in the last whatever years. Um, What I did like about them was that they, they, they kind of were just like, here's this, here's that, here's this, here's that. It wasn't so much like everything was so connected driving to this one big event. Like, you know, there were some connections, but I don't feel like they ever, um, I think DC was always sort of screwed. It was kind of like if they went for the focused narrative and and the big connecting uh, storyline, they would be accused of copying Marvel, right? Right. But if they didn't do it and they just kind of did one-offs and here's a story, here's a story like comic books do, they would be criticized for not doing what Marvel does, right? So it's like they kind of like can't do anything without getting – Criticized because Marvel did such a great job with this whole, that whole stretch of movies. Uh, you know that was that's become like the new comic book hero standard. Like you have to have this just fifteen year uh, plan, I guess. And and I I don't know if that should be the case all the time. You know, to you know, and who knows what's going to happen now with all these new with James Gunn and all that stuff.
1: Right, and that's you know, and it's it's. I mean, I guess. The whole connected thing. At the end of the day, it's neat, but I also feel like sometimes you do sacrifice a lot of thematic things. And I feel like DC, at the very least, was coming from a thematic mm-hmm. angle, whether you agree or disagree.
0: You mm-hmm. know, and I did. Yeah, I liked the Suicide Squad movies. I liked both of them. I thought they were they were both pretty fun. I mean, people didn't like it. You had yeah, your Joker there too. Another another unique. Take on the on the Joker uh, with Jared. I I thought, you know, I liked it because it was different. I I didn't love it, I didn't hate it, but I I thought, well, it's something something new, something nice to yeah. He was more of like a gangsterish type of guy, and I was like, okay, that's you know, that kind of tracks. You know, I think people didn't like the way he looked, but I I didn't care. (laughs) That was like whatever that was pretty fun and I, I Harley Quinn was great and and I, I don't know. I just I liked those I liked I liked a lot it's like the first Shazam movie I liked uh you know I I didn't think Black Adam was all that bad I I I don't know why it tanked so hard I thought the flash movie that just came out wasn't that bad everybody's just panning all these movies and I, I didn't think they were that bad
1: yeah no I really liked Black Adam the flash I was kind of eh, on but um it wasn't yeah. great. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't terrible. You know, right. I got a
0: few laps out of it. Like I thought it was pretty good. It was well done.
1: So one thing I wanted to ask, and I feel I should have asked this earlier, but what, who, or what is your favorite interpretation of the Joker?
0: Well, yeah. How do you answer that? It's like saying, what's your favorite, you know, album, <laughs> uh, which, which one of your two kids is your favorite. Um, let me think uh my first introduction as i was saying was the tv series so cesar romero holds a holds a special place here for me but also that 70s style um joker as well like that neil adams type of look you know with the chin and the teeth and the stuff like i just i that that skinny kind of madman with the, with the uh the funny vehicles and stuff like I, I just I, I like that whole that joke right around where his solo series is that right around that kind that that joker I think he was the funniest um print version for me or, the, or my favorite print version but the TV joker and again maybe it's just because that was the first time I had seen him live uh in action moving around and talking maybe maybe that's what did it but that I think he's uh He's tops for me. I don't know. It's probably an unpopular opinion, but I I I uh I enjoy it.
1: I think it depends on generation. I always feel like it comes down to who's your first a lot of times, you know, for favorite Batman or favorite jokers or whomever. So it's it, I'm now in that age where you know those answers. Um, there's a younger generation that chooses something much more recent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I get it. And that's going to happen. Yeah. That's always going to,
0: you know, you talk to some kids nowadays and they're like the Star Wars prequels are, are their favorite Star Wars movies because they're the ones they saw further when they were little, They all yeah. they those in the theaters, you know, when they were younger. And, you know, I was around when the first Star Wars came out. I was seven years old and I was that was my whole life that whole year. So to me, when people, somebody says Episode One is their favorite Star Wars movie, I go, oh, boy, how old am I? Like, like, you know, so I get it. It's just going to always happen.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of funny because I look back on them. Oh, if we're to talk Star Wars for a second, I look back on the prequels kinder than I used to because of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> but you know i i mean i wasn't the i was not around for the first two star wars but that those are the ones i grew up with the whole expanded universe all the books and comics and games and everything came out like that was my you know world and the prequels came out i can, can respect that they're different but that was not you know you know now now it's 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 fine i embrace it but it is kind of interesting to see that you have these like pockets, you know, I'm doing hand yeah. gestures over here for some reason, but <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that's going to happen. Then the TV shows and everything, like there's just, it's, it's gotten so huge now that um it's, it's, it's kind of hard to be a fan of it. Cause you, you, you can't have an opinion without somebody screaming at you. Like, you know, it's like, ah, I didn't like the uh, Soka show. Whoa! And they go crazy. They fell out. against God And I go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it was good. I don't care who made it. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, but but you, then you're, you're okay boomer. You know, all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, speaking of things that people might either cheerlead or scream at you for, there's a chapter that had a really interesting title, and it's a it's an interesting you know read for our listeners. It's called "Why Do We Care That the Joker Hates Nazis." Oh, you know, yes. it's kind of a loaded one that throttles closely to this idea of people taking things and running with them without, you know, maybe thinking deeper on it or understanding, you know, the greater context to it, kind of taking it and celebrating it because it fits mm-hmm. an idea they may have had, you know, and the question I had is, do you care that the Joker hates Nazis? Do you agree with the sentiment you know, or the idea that we should celebrate or have distaste for it. Does it really matter? Or
0: no, nah, Caz Kaz is on the money, man. You gotta you gotta know your history a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: I mean, you can't just run around calling anybody a Nazi. That kind of like okay. makes it makes it into nothing, right? But again, and I I keep saying this, that that's the genius of of these folks who wrote for us, like it's just I would have never thought to to do that essay. It's like, and, you know, I'm going to do this, and we, me and Rich go, all right, you know, <laughs> like let's see what you got. And and the first draft of that essay was actually a lot. It was almost twice the, I think it was twice the size. And we we had to like, you know, like hey, can you can we cut some of this out? You know, it was it was a it was really big. It was really long, and we didn't want readers to get too bogged down in one particular essay, you know, like, so you're reading that this is funny. That's cool. Look at this. Oh, look, and then you got this big, long kind of slog about, you know, the internet and Nazis. And if it's if, 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 if readers get a little too weary, the, toward the end, they're going to be like, all right, I'll, re- I'll read the rest of this later. You know, you, you want to kind of keep that keep that attention there. Yeah. And 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 he agreed uh, completely. It wasn't like we had some disagreement over it. You know, we explained all that. And he, oh, yeah, no problem. And he, you know, ripped some stuff out and rewrote some things and much better draft the second time. And we edited it and put it right in. It was it was a no brainer. Like, great. Every one of these essays was a winner. Like, we couldn't believe it. We we're like, this is this is fantastic. Just every one of these, bam, bam, great.
1: And that's actually an interesting point is that, you know, that's something I didn't think about just because I was, you know, I was picking an essay a night as I was reading this and kind of, you know, reflecting on them and where I landed in, in a lot of ways it helped me identify feelings I may have about different interpretations and and whatnot. But, you know, they are very digestible chunks, you know, where, where people who maybe don't think about critical theory or, I mean, granted... It's I, when I say that, I always think of like the capital L literature version of that word, but it's not inaccessible or anything. I guess that's what I'm I'm getting to is that they're, they're very accessible essays that I feel like casual, you know, readers or fans who maybe read mostly comic books and only like a handful of books a year might enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. That, I agree with that 100%. And did you guys have to do a lot of curbing of adi- or editing or was it just kind of, you know, here and there? It was,
0: uh, I would say, no more or less than any of the other books we've done, which which is a lot. We go through, um, we read each one of these. I mean, we probably read them three, four times. And that's, you know, between the edits and stuff. So here we take it in with what I, I don't know, I can't speak for Rich, but what I what I do is an essay comes in, one of us will pick, okay, you're, you're first or I'm first, right? This is when you're working with someone else, which you do, right? Um, so I'll, I'll read it. So if I read it, I do a, a read and I don't do any notes or anything I just read it just, just get through it just want to get the vibe of it see how it's going you know see if it makes sense if it fits the book whatever and usually it does and I you know okay that was cool then I'll read it again and I'll read it uh, a little more actively I'll, I'll make notes I'll make some edits I'll, I'll do what I what I need to do then I'll hand it over to Rich with the notes and everything in it Rich will do his pass Add, change, delete, whatever he wants to do. And when we're done with that, we give it back to the the writer. Okay, here's everything we, we think. Uh, what do you think? We don't just say do this. We say, what do you think? You know, is there something here you disagree with? Let us know. You know, maybe maybe we got it wrong. Maybe you were trying to make a point and we didn't catch it, right? So we always give it back to them. They do another draft, give it back to us, and we do that whole process again. I do it. Make the notes. <laughs> Rich does it. Make the notes. Give it back and in a third. time. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: so we have to really do that. And then and then there's the read-throughs at the end, of course, when everything's edited and put together in manuscript. Now we got to read through the whole manuscript again. It's more proofing and it's 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 a lot of work. It's it's not like yeah. you just whip it up and throw them out. You know, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, if you want to be quick about it, yeah, you but you can do that, but you'll you'll find typos and grammar errors and all kinds of stuff in here. I think this, this book's pretty tight. I don't, I'd be hard pressed to find a lot of, a lot of errors in here. We, we, we took some time with it.
1: Yeah. And that's, oh, that, that does sound like a lot of work. And, and I imagine laying out or formatting, which chapter comes where was probably its own process separate from even just editing the essays. Yeah. Um, you, you want to have a nice
0: flow and that, that was the part of the reason we started off with, um, well, we have Bob, of course, we have, we have our introduction, we have Bob. So that's like the intro on the forward, but we had, um, the text messages of the dark night, which is from Tom K Mason. And we wanted to put that up up front because it was visual. And, uh, Dave Pipgris, who did some of the layout and the graphical work for the book, he put together those iPhone screens and and all that great job. And, uh, we, it's, it's almost like, um, I was thinking about it. Like when you, when you have to go make a, like a big speech i like got a school or something like you gotta usually sometimes you start with a joke it just kind of lighten the mood and just kind of capture everybody's attention that, that's kinda, in my mind that's what that essay was about it was like putting it started off with a joke and and it's a book about the joker right so it's like this all just fits it works too well we have to open up with a joke and i thought that that was written very well it was very funny um mm-hmm. to kind of imagine these guys all having text Messages in nineteen thirty, whatever you know, <laughs> that's just, and it, you know, it's it's a, it's it's hilarious.
1: No, it is a fun one, and like for people who know the relationship between the characters, I feel like I feel like everybody knows now because there's been documentaries on this, and yeah. you know it's it's out. But yeah, it's 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 kind it's a fun one.
0: Yeah, I liked it.
1: One of the last questions I had, you know, is something I noticed reading through the whole thing, and that's. You know, one of the themes that a lot of the writers keep coming back to is, you know, how adult and serious and someone even used the word grim uh, Batman comics are now. And more importantly, how less heroic it feels, you know, as a result. Is that something, you know, would you agree? Do you think, you know, in general, maybe that Batman, the tone needs a course correct? And do you feel Joker needs it first in order to push, you know, Batman the right way?
0: Does it need a course correct? I don't know if that that, that might be too strong of a word. It needs a course correct. Like, I don't know if that's up to me to decide. Do I feel like it needs a course correct? Uh, I would, I am a very retro guy. I'm nostalgic. I like old stuff. I don't know that we've had a proper reboot of this stuff yet i'm not talking just movies i'm talking like the I don't, know, I don't know all the comics but I like some of the comics like it would be cool to kind of go back to that 30s joker and do a movie like i would do a, I would love to do like a panel for panel sort of film a short film of that of that original joker I mean, he was like killing people and stuff it was crazy but but it was still funny and comic and <laughs> like you know like he was still a bit goofy in a way. He had that weird face. It was like, ah, oh, this is great, you know. Like, but then you know, he got here. I don't know. I would, I would like to see it. I don't know what what James Gunn is going to do with the movies uh, as far as switching to the movie universe. Um, I think he's just going, you know. Knee deep in like newer stuff, like newer to me is like twenty years ago, thirty years ago. <laughs> like like new, newish, you know. I guess stuff like that. Hey, I guess he's Superman Legacy. He's looking at that and some other things, which actually I did just just finished reading that um, not long ago. So like I, I don't know, but I think he had a chance here, and this is not what he should have done, but it in me, where you know you, you you could take it back and do sort of what marvel did like you know they start with iron man you know just kind of like maybe pick somebody and go back to the root maybe we don't need to see the shooting in the alley for the 99th time maybe we do maybe we don't i don't know it's it seems a, i know people friends of mine who i've spoken to many many times who have said that that is the most grating thing about any Batman movie or show that they watch. It's like, we have to see that scene again, like again and again, where the, the parents are shot in the alley. And it's like the same thing. Even on the Gotham show, I think they were kind of, they'd prefer to it. It's like, ugh. So I, I get it. They were a little tired of that. But I think if you go back and do it right, maybe not modernize it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I have good ideas, but I would love to see something a little bit more faithful to the old comics i like you know go back to the the original guys and a movie of batman a movie of the joker a movie of superman a movie of lex Luthor, and then and, and eventually put them all together i mean it takes a long time but i, I put out two albums two two, album, two uh, films a year you know like Elton John used to put out two albums a year, right? Back in the 70s. Put out two movies a year. You know, like a bad guy and a good guy. You know? And eventually, after 10 movies, you get your Justice League, right? I mean, whatever. I don't know. And new guy, new guys. You know, you don't see like, I don't know, like Red Tornado or whatever. You don't see these guys in the movies. You know? yeah, well, they're in the comics. Put them Sp- in there. Supposedly, yeah?
1: we're getting a metamorpho uh, appearance, at least in... <laughs> The and new Superman movie, which when I heard that name, I kind of did a head turn. I love that character, but you know that's a <laughs> that's a, a a cut there, you know. Yeah, yeah. But so hey, I don't know what
0: they're gonna do. I don't know how do you how do you top what Marvel did, mm. uh, or do you have to like I, can you can you just put out a good movie?
1: I don't yeah. know. I think there's a, there's hope there, just because I feel like you know, looking at what we do know about the ones that are coming out. We're getting a Robin, and he's alive, and we haven't had a live-action Robin since, what, 97? Right.
0: <laughs> right. Or, or, or a Jimmy Olsen who doesn't get a
1: cape in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, why happened there? Okay, anyway. <laughs> Before I end, is there anything you wished I would have asked that I did not?
0: Hmm, okay, we get asked. Let me just take a look through and see who's in here uh we 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 had one essay from valentina rossi about is the joker gay and it talked about queer representation rich that was another case of we wouldn't have thought to have done that you know and and, and when she pitched that now this is someone that rich knew i i don't i didn't know her previously and he just said oh you know what i'm gonna ask her to write this thing Uh, so okay, and it came back with the pitch and everything, and we were like, Yeah, okay, this, and and it it was just like the process of this book was like that. It was like, Okay, we need it. Who's the next essay? Okay, it's going to be this, and it was a completely different subject from the previous one, and it was something that was inclusive and something that was different, and we were like, Yeah. The more we, we can have like that, the better. L- Lamarson Forte's essay about the um, comparisons to the characters in African folklore.
1: Yeah, that was a really interesting one. Like hieroglyphics
0: and stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, I actually had to have a separate editing session with him. <laughs> I was like, look, man, I got to know I'm getting these things right because I don't know what any of this stuff means. And we, we sat and like kind of edited together and when it was finally edited down and I just wanted to fact check that these things were correct because I didn't want to print something, some hieroglyphic that was not right and didn't match what it said there, you know. But yet, things like that were coming in and we're like, my God, this is amazing. We need this. We need, and that was the fun of this book to me. Like it was just so diverse and so many different things. Uh, just and Steve Engelhart saying, you know, well, I don't want to spoil the book, but you know, he he had a strong opinion at the at the end there. We we thought it was genius. Like this is great, and I agreed with it too. And of course, Paul and uh, Keith, we talked about John Trumbull. We talked about Glenn Howman, Kaz Towner, Joe Bernardo, Paul Corners. We talked about this. And then Rich, is, Rich is one hell of a joke from laughing magician to the man who laughs, which when he he compared the um, the the Hellblazer stuff to the Batman mm-hmm. stuff. Again, genius stuff. I'm like, ah, how do we get so lucky? It, right? was,
1: it was so deep, too, because I am not – a hellblazer guy necessarily i've read a little bit but like very small amount but like reading that you could tell like this is obviously someone who has written about hellblazer before and and really knows that character inside and out and it is it was the parallels that he was drawing in there was really kind of fantastic
0: yep and and uh, yeah we had done a hellblazer book actually before a couple books before this so that was I, i had learned a lot about that stuff. So it was kind of neat to have him do that. And he's recently put out a huge timeline book about the Hellblazer as well and Swamp Thing. And uh, yeah, great stuff. Green, Bob Greenberger, uh, Joe Duffy, we talked about Valentina, Alan Porter with the numbers, we, we talked about that before um, earlier where, you know, all those appearances, of Joker, why how, how they went up in the years and like, is that do we need that? Doitano? Oh, yeah. The clownfish, the la- he did he did an SM the laughing fish. I I thought it was great. It is a good little bunch of comics there. I've read those and and I I I, uh, I do. Enjoy- that's I see. I like that you were asking before which kind of Joker. I like, I like that kind of Joker. Like kind of cool.
1: What was interesting about that one, well, without spoiling it too much, and I want to try to dance around it a little bit, but also give a little context. Yeah. Is what I took away from that is like there's a lot of like recent Joker stories that I kind of was. know in the comics kind of was bored by and my reviews on the site probably reflect that for people who read all our reviews too. But (laughs) that essay really put in the context of why like the predictability versus unpredictability angle and you know Mm -hmm. when you when you boil it down what makes the choker really interesting versus maybe there are certain things we've seen too much of and you know that's why we're not as enthused.
0: Mm -hmm. He just rolls the dice and sees what happens or or does he not we don't know right it's like he's crazy so yeah, that, yeah again great great essay he, he was he was so like oh, i don't know if it's any good you know he's like <laughs> one of those. i'm like come on bro like it's great brian cronin we talked about jim beard we talked about bobby nash another great writer fantastic guy uh he, he wrote that great uh essay about all the teeth like the, the, the scary teeth it was fantastic uh mike friedman also fantastic guy Tom Mason we talked about Barbaras yeah we talked about everything I, I think we got the whole book in uh, in there but uh yeah many 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 thanks to everybody um who wrote it many thanks to you for your great review. I am really glad you enjoyed it I, I it's it means a lot to put something out there and then have somebody come out and go, hey, this is good you know like instead of like that sucks and I toss it aside right I it, it's it just we we were so happy to see that. Like, I think actually Bob Greenberger was the one who sent us the link to it. He had seen it first. He said, Hey, did you guys see this? And we were just like, Whoo.
1: Yeah, we didn't even advertise it yet. It was it was still on the schedule to go like go out and be, you know, put on social and everything yeah, before I it know. came out. Magic Bob. I don't know how he did it, but I he... only found it because I got tagged. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: anyway, it was great. And uh we I, I got a kick out of reading that. I, Yeah, so, nice, thank you.
1: And and Thank you for your time and for joining me on the Batman Universe podcast. You know, it was a pleasure to have you and talk about, you know, this book. And for people who are in our Discord, this was something I brought up while I was reviewing it. I was like, hey, you guys should read this book. And here's your um, (laughs) episode further elaborating on my Discord comments. But yeah, thanks again. For those who want to pick up The Man Who Laughs Exploring the Clown Prince of Crime, please check it out on Amazon. We will also have a link to Crazy 8 Press, uh, the publisher, for reviews and more. You can visit thebatmanuniverse.net. If you want to chat with us, you can always hop on our Discord, or you can write us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net, and we'll respond to your comments on air. If you like these episodes, please subscribe, rate, and share. Thanks for listening.